In the text we read in Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 to 15, before the Lord taught his disciples about fasting, he taught them about prayer. Why? Because fasting should always be with prayer. Here we learn that prayer is not just about asking God for blessings. It is much more than that. Let us read verse 7. First, the Lord taught them how not to pray. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. Okay, prayer is not about meaningless repetitions. If, it's, if you're saying the same words all the time, especially if it doesn't come from your heart, the Lord said, don't do that. Because prayer is not a ritual like many religions make of it. Prayer is a personal thing. It is from your heart, speaking to God. Words coming from the heart. Emotions coming from the heart addressed to God. If prayer is a ritual, I don't think that's the Lord ever that the Lord wanted. Though he gave the disciples prayer, commonly known as the Lord's prayer, he did not say memorize it. That's why he started it with this way. Don't, it's not about memory, but I'll tell you how to pray. But it's not about memorizing it and making it a ritual. Somebody asked me, how should we pray? I said, pray from your heart. Uh, should uh, I write something to pray? I don't know, you know, just speak from your heart. Can you imagine? Because God is a persona. Is a pers I'm a persona. And when you come to talk to me, please do not give me a memorized introduction all the time. Can you imagine you're a person, and whenever I come to you, I have a memorized introduction all the time. Please, don't make it mechanical. Even among us, we don't do that. We come, we speak to each other, we have coffee, uh, we, we tell each other's updates of what happened in life, and it flows. It just flows. The conversation flows because we share what we know, and we're really happy to see each other. So the conversation just flows the same way in prayer. So the Lord said, uh, do not do as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. What kind of words? Meaningless repetitions. Do not do meaningless repetitions. Then, so do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Oh, this is such a blessing, a great verse, really. Before I come to God, He already knows. Doesn't that give us assurance that our God sees what we go through? So if ever you think nobody understands you, there's one who does. If ever you think nobody knows what you're going through, at least there's one who does. And that is the Father. That is God himself. So he says, uh, the Lord, the Father already knows what you are asking or what you want to ask him. Pray then in this way. So we begin. Our Father in heaven. What does this mean? First, take note. Before Jesus taught the disciples to pray, in the past, in the Old Testament, he was not addressed as Father. He was addressed as God, the Creator. He is Yahweh of many names, the covenant God, but never as Father. For the first time, for the first time, there was a prophet. No, not only a prophet. The Son of God came and say, pray this way, Father. Father, meaning intimacy. No longer just a God far out there who judges people. 
not just a God who, who just fills the heavens and the earth and created the world. He is all that. But you can come to him as a son and as a daughter and pray, Father. Father. Now, I know we fathers are not perfect. And sometimes your concept of, uh, of God the Father might be distorted because of us fathers, our imperfection. But then that's why we study scripture to see the perfect God, the perfect Father. So what, when we come to God, we say, our Father, it must have intimacy, a heart, because God looks for that. The Father looks for your love. He loves us. His proof was He gave His only Son, Jesus Christ, as proof of His love. He sacrificed His Son to pay the sins of the world, the sin of the world. He loves us. He has proven it. But how do we approach him in prayer? We approach him with the heart of love, Father. It also means a thankful heart, our Father in heaven. Then do not forget the word our, meaning he's not just your Father. He's the Father of every disciple. I see the context is Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, teaching his disciples. Chapter 5, verse 1 clarifies that, that he was teaching his disciples. So when we say our Father, he's not just your Father, He's our Father. That's why we should have a sense of community. The theme for this, for last year, 2017, was the community of the King. And I'm happy to see that this community has grown. Praise God. God is good. Amen? God is good. So this community has grown. We come here every Sunday to learn. And some of us even meet in small groups through the week to keep learning of God and encouraging one another. Our Father in heaven. First, it's intimacy. Next, he is in heaven. And remember, we are on the earth. You come to God with a heart of love, yet with a heart of humility. Why? Because he is in heaven. Please do not over abuse your being a son or a daughter of God. As children should not abuse being their son, being sons and daughters of their parents. It should not be abused. You have no right to be a spoiled brat. You must serve the family as every member serves the family. So we come to God with a heart of our Father. But remember, He is in heaven. We are on the earth, but with a heart of humility. You cannot abuse your being a son or a daughter. You still have to come to Him as with humility. Love of the Father, but humility in our heart. Like you approach God the Father with a humble heart. Because God looks for that. He who humbles Himself, He exalts. That is one key to his promise. Obey the humbling of self so that he may exalt us. It's a clear promise with a clear condition, with a clear command. You want the blessing of exaltation, then we must obey by faith the command of humbling ourselves. Fasting does help in that, to humble ourselves. Because sometimes we don't know that our hearts are already proud. And when I say proud, I mean uh, there are several signs of us being proud before God. Like the lack of prayer is a sign of pride. The lack of searching the scripture is a sign of pride. You're actually saying you don't need God and you don't need his guidance every day. That's what you're saying. So that's a sign of pride. So when we come to God, our Father, I love you in heaven and I'm on earth. Then there's that part of humility. Then it says, uh, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. To respect that name. That name of God. The name of Jesus. To respect the name of God. So it means the fear of the Lord must be there. Take note, we come first with the heart of love. 
then humility, but not forgetting that He is still God. Ah, He is still the God of the Old Testament. Holy is your name. So we don't take God's name in vain. Not in vain. We respect that name. That's why we want to obey God, because we respect. The same way we respect our earthly fathers, one way to show that respect is we follow their rules. If we follow what the Father commands, that is one sign of respect. Still, you love God. You are humble before this, this God who is in heaven that's exalted high above. And yet, on earth, yet, you say, holy is your name. So in the first part, my friends, when we pray, because this could be a prayer pattern. Because when you pray, you may start with the first five minutes or ten minutes. Could be singing songs. Because there are a lot of songs that exalt God and humbles our hearts. That's why it's good to know the songs. So please come early during Sunday service. So it's good to know these songs. And when you're all alone in your prayer time, can you say prayer time? Prayer. Say it again, prayer time. Prayer. What is prayer time? Prayer time is you're shutting the world and having a moment with your Father. Father, I come before you. You... you Move away the world, all the concerns of the world, even the people you know, and find your place of prayer. It can be a very quiet place, like your room. Or if you don't have that luxury, you may be walking around in the park and praying. Or if you're just so busy traveling all the time, it can be in your car. But it's always good to have a place of prayer that you are alone. Then you can worship the Father, Call him Father. You can read the Psalms because the Psalms is about exalting the Father. It's about adoring God, praising him. Father, oh Father, be exalted above the earth. Our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. There are so many songs that reflect the glory of the name of God. Then you do not forget he is king because it says thy kingdom come I will be done. Oh, he's Father in heaven. You, you love him. You are humble. Then you fear him, reverence for him, because hallowed be thy name. Yet thy kingdom come, he is king. And, and that actually, Matthew, that's the real theme of Matthew. All over Matthew, the emphasis is about the kingdom of God. No other book in the Bible, no other book in the Bible, you would see the how many times, the times he has wrote the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. He was saying that Jesus is king and must be treated as king. No, no, not the king of the world in the sense that he was there to deliver Israel at that time, but the king of the universe, not just this earth, but everything. He is king. He is your king. He is my king. So there are times when you come to the Father. Imagine your Father is the King. Oh, and He created the whole world. Oh, wow. That's it. Amazing, right? Amazing. So that's why at times when we come to Him, we bow down because we bow down to the King. So sometimes in worship and in praise, it's good to kneel down at times or to get you bow your head because He is King. Of course, at times it's good to lift your head in praise and worship because you adore him, but there are times you have to bow down. For what? For what purpose do we bow down? To show respect to the king. Then when he says, pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
means we have to pray the will of God to happen on earth. But we must be willing to submit ourselves to the will of God. What is the kingdom of God? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You see, in the rules of interpretation of scripture, you, you have to find it within the context first. When you say, thy kingdom come, what is the kingdom of God we're praying for to happen? And it says, thy will be done. What it actually means is the kingdom of God is where his will is done. If we submit ourselves to the will of God, it means the kingdom is here in our lives. If we submit our minds and hearts to the kingdom of God, it means we submit to his will. What is his will? The will found in the Holy Scriptures. And also the will for our specific lives. I do believe every disciple of Christ has a calling. A calling to serve him. Yes, we are sons and daughters of God, but we are also called to serve him. The apostles knew they were sons of God. Yet most of the time when they wrote, they emphasized not the sonship. They emphasized what? The being a servant. A servant of God. It's amazing. You, we are sons, yet we serve a great Father. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life, Lord. Meaning in my heart, I'm willing to submit to his will. Not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. In the same way, when we pray for others, our families, our children, our nation, then we pray the kingdom of God, may the will of God be done in Jesus' name. Let the will of God be done. So we pray that way. You know what? First, you honor God, you adore him, you praise, you worship him, and then declare the kingdom of God and the will of God. Sometimes it's exactly that. Lord, I pray, may your will be done in my life today in Jesus' name. Over my wife, my children, thy kingdom come, may your will be done to them. In some transactions I do in work or business, I pray, let your will be done. That's why I don't get disappointed when something doesn't happen that I want to happen. Why? Because, Lord, I submit to your will. If this doesn't happen, you know better than me. If it's not your will, don't let it happen, Lord. Lead me to your will. Oh, the will of God is the safest place on earth for you and me. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. The will of God is the safest place on earth for you and me. Some people think, this is my burden. So I think that's my calling. That is so not biblical. Yes, your burden might, be, it might become your calling, but that's not automatic. It doesn't, it's not automatic. That's the will of God. You remember the story of Jonah? He was called by God to Nineveh, but he had no burden. Gee, people, my burden is this. This is my call. No. You need more time with God to know his call. If you're burdened with that, deal with it. But that doesn't mean that's going, what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In everything we do, that's why we forget the disappointments. Can you smile at me for a while? Ah, don't be. If you just say, Lord, let your will happen. If not, don't let it happen. I'm planning this, Lord. If this doesn't happen, then bring me to your will. See, Jonah didn't follow the will of God. So what happened? He went into trouble, storm, and he got swallowed by a big fish. And he was vomited by that fish. He lived for three days, three days, oh my, in slime, 
and acid. I'm probably thinking maybe he lost all his hair when we came, he came out. You get swallowed, you, there's acid there. That's just me and my wild imagination. But, but the thing was, the will of God is the best place for us. So don't force it, friends. Don't force it if it is not the will of God. Don't push it. Rather, you say, Lord, you are my king. I submit myself to you. Therefore, your will is your will. And I am happy to do your will. The will of God is revealed in scripture. However, also, the will of God can be specific for each of us, like where we will live, how we will serve. Those are specific things that the Lord can lead us to do. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So please do not struggle and fight the word of God. Be happy to be under the will of God. Every major decision, don't fight it. It's not good to marry a non-Christian. Don't force it. Submit to the will of God. There is more freedom there. Because what you do outside the will of God always has consequences. I'm not scaring you. I'm just showing you where the safest place is. The will of God. But sometimes by the grace of God. Yes, there are times by the grace of God, whatever mistake we've done, he reverses it. Praise God, right? But you still miss the main will of God. You still miss that perfect will of God. Oh, never mind, Pastor Ed. Yes, sure. I believe in God, the God who is sovereign. I still believe in the sovereignty of God. Wherever you ended up, praise God. Amen? But when you make decision, it's better to submit to the will of God. So we pray, let your will happen. We pray for ourselves, our families, our church. We pray for our president. Lord, let your kingdom come. Your will be done over our president. Because we believe God is king of all the universe. And our president, we can pray, let your will be done happen in his life. Whether you agree with him or not in certain decisions, we still have to pray, let your will be done. God is good. Oh, it's, this is the only time we're going to ask. Give us this day our daily bread. For some of us, when we think of prayer, it's always, give me, Lord, give me, Lord. Lord, I have a problem. So I come to you. You treat God like your mayor. Oh. <laughs> or your barangay captain or the DSWD. You don't only come to God when you need something. You come to God to honor him and thank him and praise him. That is all part of prayer. So that way, when we say, let us pray, Please pray. Pray every day or join us in the prayer meeting. It's not all about give me Lord and give me Lord. Part of it is honoring God, thanking God, having a grateful heart. Because prayer is not just about words. It's about what you feel inside. You can say to somebody, I am grateful. But if they see in your heart or in your eyes or you're not really grateful, it doesn't mean a thing. You're a hypocrite. So when you come to God and you say, thank you, Lord, or I appreciate, Lord, you're amazing. It should come from the heart. And you know something? Because God sees the heart, at times you don't need words. Oh, it's good to speak. I give you thanks, Lord. But you can be quiet and just have a thankful heart to God. And that's already in a state of prayer. Oh, no words, but you're in a state of prayer just by being quiet and thanking God. Or even just loving God. 
sometimes when husband and wives have nothing to share about because they've been together all day and all week and they don't have new stories for each other. They just sometimes just enjoy the presence of each one. Sometimes there's nothing to talk about. You're both quiet, having your cup of coffee, but you're just happy. You feel the love of each other just there. Praise God. No occasion, no nothing, no talk, just presence. And sometimes husband and wife, when one is missing for a long time, you don't feel right, correct? That's why you look for each other. Where are you? <laughs> because you're starting to miss each other. Friends, God wants to speak with you. God wants you. But don't just keep asking what you need. Huh? Hey, if we're friends and we're only friends, if you need something for me, we're not real friends, correct? Right? Oh, but we all have friends like that. They only show up when they need something. <laughs> oh, we have family like that. They only love us when they need something, right? Oh, long time no see. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know why I'm here? I actually need some cash right now. Oh, but that's part of friendship. We help each other. Sometimes we can help, sometimes not. But the thing is to see each other, whether we're in abundance or with nothing, that's true friendship, right? Yeah, we have friends. We go to Manila every now and then, Christmas or New Year, to meet some friends. Because these friends of ours, no matter what happened to us, sometimes my business crashed, they were always there. Sometimes after your business crash, you lose some friends, correct? <laughs> They're not real friends. <laughs> But whether they're there or not, in hard times, in good times, they're friends. Are you a friend of God? Do you only come when you need something? Do you only pray long and strong and intensified when you're desperate? Or whether you're just, you come to him all the time because you're a friend of God. We are friends of God. We, as a body, should be friends of God. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. In other translation, it says sins because sin is a debt. Sin is a debt that only Christ was able to pay. But let me give you here uh, an insight because this is about standards. You ask forgiveness from God from sins, but the thing is as we forgive those who sin against us. It's been a habit of mine for a long time. Whenever I'm preparing to confess my sins, I take paper and pen, and I write down my sins. Because if I reflect hard enough, I would remember that I have sinned. One more, one more, one more, without knowing it first. So when I reflect for the day, for the week, and I start writing, oh, yeah, I didn't pray that day. I didn't have a prayer time that day, so I say, lack of prayer. One time I heard news and I reacted, not in a good way, not in faith, but the bad news was, Soros really got me mad and angry. Oh, anger is a sin. Holy anger may not be a sin, but anger with earthly things is a sin. Then what else? Oh. I thought negatively about that person, judgmentalism. What else? You know, I end up, sometimes I would end up writing a long list. God, for, if I come to God and say, forgive me, Lord, he forgives me, right? But what if I add all the sins I committed before I became a Christian? That's a lot more. 
but God was willing to forgive. You see, here's the thing. Some of us can't forgive somebody who offended us once or twice. Two sins against us from this person, and we can't forget. But God can forgive all our sins. You see, if you can't forgive these two sins, what's the consequence? Later, we will read, but says the prayers, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Friends, prayer, part of prayer is to forgive others. Why? Because we are offended. We are humans. We shall be offended. You will be betrayed. Guaranteed. I guarantee very little thing as a pastor, but that one I do. Pastor Ed, I was betrayed. Oh, you're human. Me too. And so is everybody else. Don't make it too special, huh? Don't make your betrayal too special. You see, I was talking to this guy. I said, you know, the Lord Jesus was the best person to live on earth. God became man, was tempted like us. Like us, tempted like us. That's a term. Like us in every way, but he did not sin. He was the best person on earth. Yet there was a Judas who betrayed him. Right? And that's already Jesus. He was betrayed by his treasurer. So friends, you're not even Jesus. You're not even as nice as Jesus. You're not even as generous as Jesus. So don't think you will not be betrayed. So, you can come to me, Pastor Ed. What you guarantee just happened to me. Okay, welcome to the club. <laughs> That's why we need God. Jesus forgave all who betrayed him. We will be betrayed, but don't make it too special. God forgave us. And he will continue to forgive us if we come to him as we confess our sins to him. He will. But when others offend us, we forgive. No, I'm not saying forgive and forget. Somebody said, well... If you still remember, you haven't forgiven. Where did you read that? Where's that in scripture? Yes, we don't keep a record of wrong. I believe in that. But to remember specifically what happened, there are times you actually forget it. However, it's not easy to forgive. You forgive. Then once you've forgiven, in Jesus' name, Lord, I forgive this person. Forgetting is a process. It's not immediate. I remember one pastor said, ah, because he's Korean, and Jap Japan invaded Korea, and they were under Japan for 30 years. And the atrocities, he would remember fresh in his mind, and he said, I forgive. He said, I forgive the Japanese every day. Every morning, I forgive the Japanese, because in the afternoon, I hate them again. <laughs> so in the morning, I forgive them again. So he just... Keep, you, you stay at it. You don't, sub, you don't allow your heart to be corrupted. You fight it. Because once your heart is corrupted and you're thinking more of that, and then revenge happens, then it's sure that you have not forgiven. Because bitterness, you may have been offended before, but once you lose the bitterness, the bitterness, kapaitan sa puso, bitterness, and you lose that desire for revenge, then I believe you have forgiven. But will you remember? Of course. Scars are always scars, right? 
Scars are there to remind us, be careful next time. Right? Be careful next time. That's why there are scars. We remember. Then we go to the process of forgetting. And do not lead us to temptation, but deliver us from evil. You pray that God take us far away from temptation. So if you have certain weaknesses, don't go near it. You know yourself where you are strong and when you are weak. If you have a problem with alcohol, don't get near alcohol. When I say you have a problem, you just taste it and then you don't want to stop. So I'd rather say, pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. But if you don't have a problem, you don't even like it, your friends invite you to a gathering and then you, you have to sit and talk with them, go ahead. Just don't get drunk. But if you struggle with it, avoid. If we have sins that trouble us, we have to keep praying. This is spiritual warfare in the mind. Everything that comes to the mind, that what draws us to the temptations, we capture that. Oh, I shouldn't think this way. Remove. In the name of Jesus, get out of my mind. Or you replace it with the Holy Scriptures. That's why when Jesus was tempted, if you look in Matthew chapter 4, he was tempted while he was fasting, he quoted the Bible. He quoted scripture and threw it back at the enemy. Because if you are tempted in your mind, you quote scripture. Wow, that is powerful. Deliver us from evil. That also means pray for protection. Deliver us from evil. Men of evil intentions, from accidents, from diseases. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Some translations do not have that. So it's good to end with what? Glorification. You glorify God. After you prayed, after you prayed, several minutes, maybe 20 minutes have passed, 30 minutes after going through all that, then in the end, don't, don't end it gloomy. You came to prayer. Lord, I'm so weak spiritually. I have problems. Don't end the prayer like that. Bye, Lord. See you later. No, you end up with faith. Lord, I have prayed. Your Bible said, your word said, believe that I have received it and I shall have it. So we, I glorify you, Lord, for yours is the kingdom. It's a battle thing. It's a battle cry. It's a, my king lives. It's, it's my king defeated the enemy. It's the pride of the citizens when the king succeeds. And our king has succeeded. Pray this way. And in, a, in an upbeat that's why we sing after every sermon here. We want to uh, end upbeat. But no singing today. I got a lot of their time. Uh, after I pray, you may go. Okay? For if you forgive... God brings us back. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Take note. This is direct. Do not sugarcoat it. Do not let another scripture from far away interpret this. You interpret scripture by scripture first within the context. This is exactly as it is. That's why my belief is a true believer forgives. If you can't forgive, I must tell you to repent of your sins so that you may be saved. Perhaps your, your coming to the Lord before was a false approach. You're one of those who say, Lord, Lord. Have I not done this? Have I not done that? And Jesus will say to you, I never knew you. 
For not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father. Because a true believer who has true faith manifests the word of God in their lives. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Let us pray. And let's all rise. Father, thank you for your grace and goodness. Thank you for your love. Teach us to pray. Even teach us to use this even as a pattern of prayer, not as a memorized thing, but as a pattern of prayer where we would come with the right heart and the right perspective, the desire to have a clean heart, asking for your forgiveness of our sins, yet learning to forgive others as well, declaring your kingdom on earth, your will to be done on earth. Lord, teach us to pray intensely. Teach us to pray fervently. And during this fasting and prayer month, make us, give us this, this habit, this habit that it becomes natural for us to come to you all the time, not only in times of needs, but anytime, all the time. Teach us to be hungry for your wisdom. Teach us to be hungry for your presence. Teach us to be hungry for your will to happen in our lives. Lord, your will brings happiness to us, whatever it is, when we are at the center of your will. For us, that is freedom. Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done upon every person here and our families that we represent in the name of Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you always. And God's people say, Amen. 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 Palakpake, Lord.